0: Welcome to Tomorrow's People, the podcast brought to you by Personio and me, Perry Timms. Everything starts with people. And the people on this podcast have a range of interesting views and experiences to bring to the fore about everything to do with work, the future, skills, and more. And I'm delighted that the guest for this episode is Lord Jim Knight who in the past has been a minister involved in education and in employment and is currently very active in a range of different skills and areas that we're going to talk about. So, Jim, welcome. Thanks, Perry. Delighted to be here.
1: Thank you for giving it your time because I'm sure it's a, a very busy time in the House at the minute. There's there's a bit going on. It's, mm. it's been a funny old time because we've come out of the political chaos mm. of the last few months and yeah, the House of Lords really adds value by improving legislation as it's being made and the legislative program the the laws that the government is trying to drive through Parliament have been as disrupted as everything else so some things have been dropped we don't know what's happening to some other bills that we've been working on Mm. I'm impatiently waiting for the online safety bill to come from House of Commons so that we can get on with regulating social media and search and some of those other things online Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that the Lords at the moment has been yeah. scratching its collective head at yeah. W- yeah. what the hell's going on with our government yeah. and then uh, being a bit frustrated uh, uh, we want to get on with the job. Yeah, sure.
0: And I guess, uh, you know, in all walks of life and in all areas of the world of work, uh, we've had a lot of kind of uh, disruption and junctures and so on. Um, but I'm really interested in starting with the Jim Knight stories. How did you get to here?
1: Well, I never growing up in South East London, um never really believed I'd end up a baron in the House of Lords. That's yeah. a that's a weird uh, place to end up. Yeah. Uh and the story really is, um, you know, child of professionals, you know, they were yeah. grammar school educated in, in Northamptonshire. Yeah. Um, and therefore their destiny was to become professionals, which didn't involve going to university. Yep. My mum Went into high street banking. My dad, an accountant. Yeah, you know, they got married. She stopped work. Had kids. You know, that, yeah, that that story. Yeah, they could afford the privilege of buying me and my brother private education, and and so our destiny in turn was to go to a good university and get yeah. a, get a job for life and a final salary pension. Right. Now life doesn't necessarily work <laughs> no. out that way, no. but um, but th- that sort of algorithm played out. If yeah. you like, my passion though that was un. That was released yeah. when I was in school. I was yeah. uh, the age of 12, 13, Cast in Oliver in the West End, ah. and so theatre was my first real life. Right. And whilst technically I did a geography degree at Cambridge, mm-hmm. really all I did was was show off uh, on the stage. Yep. And um, and that employed me then uh, a little bit as an actor. I started a theatre company with Sam Mendes and Tom Hollander and a few of those people, ah. and then. Uh, became a promoter and then realised that actually I wasn't that good at being an arts Uh promoter Um, and I might be better as a politician. So I got a job with a next door but one neighbour selling telephone directory advertising to small businesses in the West Country, which was supposed to last six months because it was was a pretty uh, dull uh, job. But I ended up 10 years in that company. I became a director of the company in the end. But... um, it did. It taught me quite a lot about. It taught me how to sell, yeah, and how to read people, yeah. in order to sell successfully. Yeah. It taught me how to cope with rejection, right. Um, taught me how to, to talk to all manner of different sorts of people, from yeah. plumbers and you know roofers on the top of buildings, through to solicitors and dentists and so on. Yeah. And um, that proved to be really yeah. helpful in politics. Mm. And then when you know, mayor of Froome... yeah. Uh, Deputy leader of a district council, then yeah. an MP yeah. in South Dorset in the right. unlikely Labour seat, as it was yeah. uh, in two thousand one of South Dorset. Did that not for nine years? Five years as a government minister, right? Environment, yeah. then education, then employment, right? And then uh, the fourth career change. Then yeah. when the electorate caught up with me in two thousand and ten okay. was the house of lords carrying on legislating yeah. but then yeah. a sort of consultancy yeah. career i had a spell for six years as one of the uh, senior execs at tares which is the you know, the the company that used to be known as the times educational supplement ah, yeah, yeah. but I, I founded their teacher training institute's now the fifth oh. largest trainer of teachers in the uk wow. and did you know various other things there um and i'm now back in a portfolio career yeah. around education technology the interface between the two really whilst doing the legislative thing as well wow
0: so i guess that journey like you said uh being able to sort of read people to understand and to then sort of meet them in their sort of space and understand what they need when we think about education that's kind of what we hope happens there you know but it still tends to be a kind of programmatic thing doesn't it yeah and then when we throw technology in the mix my goodness me it just creates another a whole different dimension of what people consume as content where they end up going to find what's true and not true and i mean we've had some real
1: technology turmoil haven't we we have uh you know, at the moment, I'm thinking a lot about social media mm. and, you know, Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And mm-hmm. I have decided to give Twitter a rest mm-hmm. uh, now that he's decided to give Donald Trump his amplifier mm-hmm. back. Yep. Um, but that's really young. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, my daughter's now 34. Mm-hmm. She was 17, 18 when she went on her gap year mm. and said to me, Oh, there's this new thing called Facebook. Mm-hmm. You should. Uh, it's a good place for me to exchange photos while I'm in Africa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's relatively young, yeah. All of that. Yeah. And yet it's massively changed the world, it's changed yeah. the way we do a lot of things. Yeah. Hasn't really changed education. No.
0: You
1: know, education remains stuck in the model
0: yeah.
1: of the post-war yeah. era, really. Um, and it's it's sort of predicated on an assumption, I think, mm. that. You use education to filter people mm. with a set of mm. qualification obstacles, mm. and then some of them get to university and they'll go into these secure careers, mm-hmm. and then everyone else mm. will get mopped up by the economy mm. in what at the time was factory work. Mm. Now that's largely yeah, gone true, because yeah. technology has yeah. moved the labor mm. market on mm. massively, yeah, but education hasn't caught up. Mm. And my, my passion at the moment really is to try and get that change you know i don't think mm. the school system's fit for purpose mm. i don't think the education system really mm. is fit for purpose and we need to rapidly change mm. it
0: it's funny because i think everybody i talk to who's active in the world of work at the moment will say the same thing yeah. uh, and yet it kind of lumbers on and, and you know because you've been around those people you often find nothing more dedicated than a teacher
1: of course there's the largest single profession in the world yeah and there's a shortage of yeah, them, yeah. Um, they are by and large dedicated professionals mm. trying to do the right thing. Mm. But we put them in this extraordinary straitjacket of accountability, yeah, with yeah. Ofsted coming sure. and you know literally ending careers of school leaders if they get the wrong judgment. Mm. Um, we've got all of this qual- you know, qualification data mm-hmm. that we publish, but we are obsessed by academic mm. scores. Mm. Yeah. Right now, you know, yeah. according to NHS Digital, it was a while ago now, probably two years. Ago, they were saying then, one in six of our young people have a mental health problem. Wow. And yeah, uh, you know, the strong sense, especially coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I don't know anyone who who doesn't know of at least one young person yeah. in their lives who's got mm-hmm. some yeah. kind of anxiety disorder, yeah. eating yeah. disorders, mental yeah. health problems of some yeah. sort, and. And that's a profound problem. Mm-hmm. So even before we think about education as the thing, the mm-hmm. one public service that creates the future, yeah, the now is mm-hmm. we're not doing enough with the one universal service for children yeah. to develop the social yeah. and the emotional and the mental health and the physical health mm-hmm. of our young people. Mm-hmm. We're obsessed yeah. by academic scores. Now, knowledge is important. yeah. Skills are important. Yeah. But a yeah. rounded, resilient, yeah. collaborative, communicative individual mm. is what you need to mm. thrive.
0: And do you think, to some degree, the world of work is is picking that up? Do you think they are having to shape people and offer services and guidance and interpersonal skills because of that failing in the education system?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you talk to anyone who's hiring, mm-hmm. by and large, mm-hmm. yeah, of course... We all need people who uh, can read yeah. and write yeah. and be digitally competent, etc. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the combination of skills and knowledge is important, I and mean, we're not doing very well on yeah. digital skills in, in our statutory education either.
0: Right.
1: But they also need curious, yeah. competent, resilient individuals, mm. and if education is not delivering that, then they have to mm. kind of shake it up and try yeah. and do something about it, yeah. and. Um, And, you know, to be fair, there are other jurisdictions around the world who who come here Mm -hmm. and go, how come there's so much creative talent here in the UK as expressed in the music industry and the film industry and our cultural sector and so on? uh, What can we learn from you? And, yeah, Mm. the experience of what we're doing through the accountability system Mm. of schools is we're stifling Mm -hmm. that very strength Mm. that... Yeah. people around the world look to Britain for. Yeah, yeah exactly that.
0: Uh, and, and it does feel like art and science uh, are in a sort of, not quite a battle, but but there is a kind of standoff, I guess, I'm picking up between the two of them. And art seems to be the one that's suffering a little bit.
1: Yeah, we've got a STEM, science, technology, yeah. engineering and maths exactly. obsession. Yeah. And you know, people talk about STEAM by mm-hmm. putting the yeah. A in yeah, for yeah. art. And that's... Um, that has validity yep. and there's a lot you know math skills confidence around you know yep if we could think about maths differently mm-hmm. look, that's if we called it problem solving yep and adapted the curriculum somewhat yep. so that uh, it really fostered those problem solving curiosity yeah. skills yep. and mindset yep then it becomes a much more future facing subject yeah And that becomes quite exciting. And so there are examples around what we could, yeah, I think engineering Mm. is not much in schools. Technology Mm. is pretty weak in schools. Mm. So it's sort of S&M, science and maths. Mm. But I also would say, if I future gaze, Mm. you know, I'm Mm. I'm co-chair of the uh, Future of Work group in Parliament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about my stepdaughter at home who's 11. So she's in year seven at secondary school. First year, mm-hmm. and she'll probably be in statutory schooling till 2030. Yeah. Chances are she'll have a 50 to 60-year working life because mm-hmm. that's the direction of travel. Yep. yep, And she's come from an advantage home, so you know, she'll live that long, she'll be mm-hmm. healthy enough. Mm-hmm. So that means that she'd be working potentially up till 2090. Oh, wow. Now you start to think about that and go, well, how how is the labour market going to change? Yeah. Um, over that 50, 60 year period, yeah. we're gonna have to, if if there's gonna be anything left
0: yeah. for yeah, that yeah, generation, yeah.
1: have a sustainable economy. Yeah. So not just what you think of as green skills, but yeah, but a mindset around reuse. Yeah. Around, you know, not using virgin fresh resources, yep. but how we yep. how we sustain things. Um, as well as wind turbines and, and mm. whizzy science, mm-hmm. uh, so some of those craft skills have become mm. much more important. And then we also look at AI. And yeah. you know, Stuart Russell, who did the wreath lectures, you know, he came and lectured to us in the House of Lords recently. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I was kind of saying, well, yeah, by the end of the century, fair chance that we'll have machines that could do anything yeah. that humans currently do. Yeah. So for for mm-hmm. Coco in secondary school. Mm. In the labour market of her future, yeah, her competitor will be a machine mm, as much yeah. as it will be another human. Yeah. And what are what are schools doing about that? Nothing, mm, yeah, 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 because yeah. they are educating children mm-hmm. like machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they are programming them yeah. to be good at knowledge recall. Yeah, that's what machines are really yeah. good at. What, yeah. what machine, I I don't ever want to go to lunch with a machine.
0: Yeah, because
1: yeah, because I want. A, an emotional yeah ethical yeah human interaction yeah, yeah, with yeah. someone like yeah. we're having now perry yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah that that's where we have a competitive advantage and always will, yeah. so what are we doing to nurture yeah. the ability of individuals to care for themselves to care for yeah. each other to care for that natural environment yeah. um to be better humans, Yep. and that's the only route to, yep. it's the only route to success,
0: yeah. Uh, and i guess i'm i'm sort of picking some threads on the fact that i hope there are a lot of people asking that question and having that same deduction that you've had so if they're not and they're listening to it now there you go but i guess i'll come back to the work you're on at the moment around um the whole digital world yeah and and how that's distorted who we are and what we're doing over the last sort of 10, 15 years and how you're now working to kind of bring more balance by the sounds of it into that and
1: perhaps put control back in our human core. Yes, that that's right. I mean, the, the core of the analysis, I guess, as far as I see it, on social media in particular, but Search yeah. has some similarities as well, yep. is the business model yep. is the place to start. Yep. So the business model for the platform is... Uh, we need to maximize engagement time spent on platform, yeah, in order to maximize advertising revenue. Yeah, that's how yep. it works. Yeah, what that then means is the AI, the machine learning mm-hmm. will learn what, what engages us, what mm-hmm. content keeps us going. Mm-hmm. And the sad truth is, mm-hmm. we like the outrageous, mm-hmm. yeah, we like the obscene, mm-hmm. it plays to the Often the worst part of us, and not the mm, best part of us, yeah. doesn't necessarily make us feel better about ourselves, no. but it keeps us online sure. and it keeps uh, us getting you know, generating impressions on the ads. Yeah. What we now need is an intervention from, in the end, the state mm-hmm. from yep. regulation. Yeah, has to be at an arm's length from politicians. Sure. So, what the proposal is that Ofcom, as the regulator, okay. Um, and Ofcom are getting tooled up with the talent right now to yeah. do this
0: yeah.
1: will impose regulation to put a moral and ethical yeah. framework yeah. around that
0: yeah.
1: and it's really hard you know, because yeah, you know, the bill is saying we've got to make the online world as safe for children as we possibly can yeah. we've got to also improve the safety for adults yeah. but without impinging on free speech sure now, those two are in tension, mm. but, uh, you know, we've got the World Cup at the moment, mm. you know, first game of the season and mm-hmm. Bakaya Saka and mm. Bellingham who both missed Already. penalties at the end of the Euros and got huge racist abuse, happened to be the first two to score goals for England in the World Cup. And you're kind of going, well, there's a great redemption there, but... Yeah. yeah, what's just happened at Twitter yeah. won't necessarily mean that those very same players will yeah. be protected from racist abuse as this yeah. tournament plays out. Yeah. That's just wrong. And yeah. we need we, we need both some there are technology tools sure. available to help protect them from seeing some of that yeah. harmful content. Yeah. But actually we need yeah. to intervene with the algorithms themselves yeah. and, and be yeah. able to yeah. say to them, actually yeah. you've got you've got machines and processes. Yeah. Systems and processes that yeah. amplify yeah. bad content. Yeah. yeah. I could go on about this, Perry, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I would just finish with this, what we what we talk about when uh, a few friends are talking about this, the Uncle Bob problem. Right. And the Uncle Bob problem is, yeah, this Christmas, you'll have your family mm. Christmas feast mm-hmm. and you'll all be sat around uh, – Nice and close to keep warm. And around the table will be Uncle Bob. And sadly, Uncle Bob is a bit racist. Mm. And he'll come up with some of his usual racist nonsense. Mm -hmm. And you'll all turn to Uncle Bob and say, oh, shut up, Bob. Mm. You know that's nonsense. And Mm -hmm. in the end, he'll be put back in his box. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And that's Mm -hmm. just what happens. Mm -hmm. But if Uncle Bob posts the same racist nonsense online, Mm -hmm. the algorithm amplifies it and yeah. suddenly thousands of people and yeah. that gets reshared and reshared sure. and reshared, exactly. and that's the problem yeah. is it's not we don't need to stop uncle bob being an idiot we just need to stop him being given an a, a, a megaphone a yeah. megaphone to go with his idiocy yeah that's exactly the image that
0: i had in my mind was the difficulty with an online environment is that the machine is working almost against the moral obligation of the platform to connect people uh, in, in in a way that you described with your um uh, stepdaughter's uh gap year and um uh, or your daughter's gap year and so on and i think there's ge- genuinely something where we've seen this play out so many times now a lot of people are sort of e- almost desensitized to it as well it's gotten to the point of i don't know what to believe it's just sensationalist stuff so i think there's genuinely something about us feeling lost in it
1: yeah and i think for parents it's really really hard Mm. um we generally you know there might be some young parents who grew Mm. up with it somewhat yeah but for a, a lot of parents yeah they don't know no. what know. to do because they've got no lived experience yeah, themselves, sure. really. Yeah. Um. They'll be on Facebook, and then but their kids aren't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. What, what young person is exactly? Um. But they're not on Snap. No. and They may be on Insta. Yeah. But, but they're not on whatever the latest I know. thing I know, is. I know. And so it's really hard to understand, mm. and and the the social dilemma, the peer pressure mm-hmm. to let a an eleven year old be on yeah. WhatsApp. yeah. Now, you know, Terms and conditions say 16 is the minimum yeah, age for WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. And there's a good reason for that mm-hmm. because the messages are encrypted. Yeah, So it's not a safe place for children. And yet most children mm-hmm. are, are yeah. on WhatsApp. Yeah, Most children are on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And they're not on TikTok with a family account. Mm-hmm. They're on because quite often their parent yeah. has colluded about yeah. lying about their age. Mm. And so there is also yeah. a whole educative media literacy thing to be done with parents to get them to Mm. properly think about Mm -hmm. the safety of their child Mm. in these Wild West environments. Yeah,
0: yeah Wild West is a good metaphor for it. You're absolutely right. So so let's hope that there are um, mechanisms that come in that people can kind of learn their way into and we can take a little bit more control over that. Because undeniably technology can do such good, right? We've yeah, yeah. seen how it can galvanise spirit to brilliant outcomes.
1: Uh, totally. And, you know, I'm a, a tech evangelist by mm-hmm. and large, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm on the board of a company called Century Tech that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, particularly during the pandemic, uh, grew significantly mm. using AI mm-hmm. to sort of wrap science Maths, mm. English learning mm. around where individuals were at, mm-hmm. help teachers yeah. be able to identify the yeah. gaps in their understanding, yeah. so that they can uh, play to that and and take them through personalised journeys through through the curriculum through the subject. Really powerful, uh, really successful. Other similar platforms mm. are available, mm. um, yeah. and uh, and that's just just one example. Yeah. Um, and there are some really simple things, you know, uh, in terms of the green economy. Yeah. You know, I, I learned to darn the other day because of the ah, bloody moths yeah. of Southeast London have yeah, been, of yeah. And it's a it's a lovely restorative, contemplative, yeah. meditative thing to learn nice. to do yeah. as part of keeping our resources going. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm also a fan of repair shop. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you think about the power of YouTube, yep, positively, yep, to help instruct people yeah. on how to yeah. repair and fix stuff. Yeah. Um Now there's there are all sorts of other problems yeah. with YouTube taking you to bad places yeah, yeah, yeah. but so yeah, you know, I, I we can't write off any of these platforms no. as being wholly bad mm-hmm. but they're definitely not wholly good mm-hmm. and let's just try and steer it all to a yeah, good place yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and it does circle back to the whole role of education in creating adults who can well adults and young people who can be very discerning about their use and understand yeah. what it's for and so on and so forth This
1: podcast is brought to you by Personio. Personio is the all-in-one HR solution for now and the future. We help HR teams recruit, onboard, manage, pay and
0: develop employees more efficiently. And our easy-to-use solution works across every part of the employee lifecycle. Automate your people processes and gain time back for more impactful work, like creating your people strategy. After all, everything starts with people. To find out what Personio can do for you and your business, head to personio.com. That's P-E-R-S-O-N-I-O.com. So is there something about um, the world of work and its opportunities that I guess we are currently having to, um, uh, I guess, build on some of those educational failings that, that you can see quite easily would come into the sort of education system, whether that's the world of employers coming into that space or the education curriculum changing. I'm thinking about things like money awareness and um, uh, emotional intelligence yeah. and understanding diversity and inclusion, those kind of things, yeah. because they seem so like a no-brainer in the world of work that that's okay. exactly what builds high-performing, sustainable and, and productive people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wonder what your thoughts were on that, whether whether the work uh, equation sort of comes into the education it,
1: world. It definitely does. I, you know, I do some work with another uh, US company called Everfi, and they precisely try and connect up ah. employers with ah. uh, teachers, with schools. Okay. Uh, and so and it's, they started in the US around financial right. literacy. Right. So the sort of banking sector, mm. funding, teaching content of a high quality that was then freely available for teachers right. to help improve ah. financial literacy. Yeah. And then that's extended into a whole bunch of things, you know, digital literacy, mental yeah. health, etc. Yeah. But it's it's sort of a missing learning layer yeah. that uh, the employer community is sort of going, oh, yeah. it would be really helpful if yeah. people yeah. you know, could learn some of this stuff yeah. at school. Now, there's a there's a time capacity in the curriculum sure. problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot that can be done mm. within the existing curriculum mm. to bring some of that real world stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a friend who's a, a successful now after award-winning uh, actor and she's mm-hmm. what in her early twenties. Mm-hmm. And I remember five years ago, she left school at 18. She had great A-levels. She mm-hmm. decided to go straight into work as an actor. Right. She, and we, she was staying with us in London, and we said, "Oh, you are remembering to put a bit of money aside for your taxes." She's going, "What?" <laughs> uh, and, and your national insurance? Well, what's that? Yeah. And, right. and uh, yeah, there was someone with yeah. four A levels, yeah. most of them A grades, yeah. who'd not learnt the basics yeah. of how you yeah. manage your money. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking. Mm. It's really shocking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: we, yeah, we do have to do a lot better on that. And mm. yeah, lots of schools are trying to do it, mm. but it's all ways a bit of an afterthought mm. rather than being embedded mm. into the learning experience. And do you look at systems like those in Finland and,
0: and other areas that I hear about as being more progressive and building more rounded individuals that are much more sort of good on the citizenship? Citizenship side. Do, do you sort of look enviously at those or do you think they're almost synonymous with culture? Or?
1: Yes. Yes and yes. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you can look envious, enviously at them, but you also have to accept there's a different context. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if I look at Finland, mm. at the Baltic states, mm-hmm. yeah. they're really good on media literacy. Mm. You know, it's a, it's an issue of national importance for the whole adult population right. as well as children, um, that they've got a, a neighbour, Russia, mm-hmm. who is a defensive threat, and mm. they all have to really understand cybersecurity yeah. and understand, and, and they all have a part to play, right. and that's a national mission. Yep. Now we are a million miles from that here, mm-hmm. um, but that's a cultural difference. Mm-hmm. Finland's a small place; mm-hmm. it's uh, got a, a long-standing cultural attachment to education where mm. teachers are held in much higher esteem mm. than they are in this mm. country. Mm-hmm. That means that they trust the profession of mm. teaching far more than we do, right. which means that they don't test their children anywhere near as much as we okay. do, which releases a whole bunch of resource, yeah. time and money, yeah. to do other things mm. apart yeah. from testing, them, Yeah, sure. which yeah. is yeah. slightly dead use of time, yeah. but we are addicted yeah. to it. Right, right, right.
0: I did wonder about that because you, you sort of get excited about these stories and opportunities, and kind of think, well, surely it's just the lift and shift. But as you're rightly saying, it, it's not at all that. There's established barriers and things that would block that from happening.
1: Yeah, and with. and I think I've tried to think about this quite a lot about mm. what what's the sort of theory of change, if mm. you like, for education, mm. um, and. having been schools minister for three years, Mm. being a policymaker now, Mm. um, you're influenced by voters, ultimately. Now, voters are influenced by the media. Yeah. But at what point will parents, Mm. what point will the media start to demand a shift? Now, I think we're quite close to that now. Okay, But, you know, an interesting test for your listeners is they might say, oh share all the frustration that we talked about and they'll want more kids to do apprenticeships. They'll want yeah they're not sure about 50% going to university. Yeah. Etc. But they still need to ask themselves, what about my children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I am I content for my child to go to the local school and not try and buy them privileged access to uh, you know and I don't criticize yeah, I don't criticize my own parents for choosing to do that for me. Yeah. But uh Am I happy for my child not to go yeah. to university yeah, yeah, and yeah. get an apprenticeship sure. and take that route into yeah. work? I, there might be. Yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a question we all mm. have to ask ourselves: if mm. we're going to advocate mm-hmm. for significant change, it's got to include significant sure. change. For my children yeah. as well as everybody else's. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So that's a really great starting point. And, and of course, uh, we've seen um, different options, haven't we? One of the things I've been interested in is things like the advent of Montessori yeah. schools coming in and and people teaching um, uh, through non-subject-based curriculum, but almost yeah. like life instances. Yeah, and,
1: and there are a few good examples of... Innovative schools, normally yeah. in the private sector, because they're not regulated yeah, true, in the same yeah. way. Yeah. Um, who are doing things differently, doing more project-based learning, mm. more problem-based learning. Mm, yeah. Uh, some different ethos, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, those are harder to teach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you need a higher quality of teacher mm-hmm. who can essentially look at the design of these projects. Mm-hmm. Understand which bits of the curriculum yeah. they're touching. Yeah. See where the gaps yeah. in the knowledge yeah. that are being that's being scaffolded might lie yeah. if they're not supplemented alongside yeah. the project. Yeah. Or help guide as part of the project-based learning through some of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a big fan of it, mm. but it's it's quite a tough ask. Mm. And so sometimes we're in in state-maintained schools mm-hmm. where that's yeah being tried, yeah. it falls over because mm. the teachers aren't ready. Yeah, right. Yeah, they've been trained to teach in a sure. particular way for yeah. a particular sort of approach. Yeah. And as we try and change education, one of the things we'll have to do almost yeah. in advance is yeah. teach training yeah. so that... Yeah, those half a million people Mm. doing that job Mm. are ready for it.
0: And it's interesting when we look at it through the world of work lens and you've got kind of learning and development teams in a professional capacity or having to teach things like strategic leadership, but they've never done it themselves, but Mm. they've had the gift of somebody helping them understand how to interpret and facilitate a conversation about strategy. It does feel like there's a leap into that more. I don't have to have done it myself, but as long as I know how to apply... I can help people learn within that framework. And I do wonder whether we have um, seen some uh, challenges, but also opportunities in how we learn so that we know a little bit more about not just neurodiversity as one example, but, um, you know, I, I I can read things, but I want to instantly apply them and try them. Yep. so if I'm getting taught by somebody but I can't apply it I get really frustrated as a learner and I kind of shut down but I know that about myself so I mean the, the sort of pedagogical and, and, and all those kind of instruction frames um,
1: seem to be getting a little bit of a stiffer test would you say? Yes um, and too often the technology is layered uh, on top of yeah. an existing way of teaching yeah. an existing pedagogy yeah. uh, and mm. The opportunity of thinking about how you might go about teaching afresh because mm. the technology allows you to do things profoundly yeah. differently, um, often gets lost. So, mm. you know, in the in the work context, um mm. too often it's been the case that e-learning yep. is a solitary, yep. dry, yeah, yeah, sterile, yeah. boring experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Yet there we are on social media connecting yeah. with each other all the time. Yeah. So why why can't I enjoy the social aspect yeah. of learning yeah. whilst learning online? Yeah. Why can't, if I find something mm. that excites me that mm. I want to apply straight away, mm. why can't I be connected exactly. with some other people mm. who are grappling with some yeah. of those problems in real life yeah. and be part of a crowd that's helping them think about that problem. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm making that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not rushing to innovate around how we do some of those things because we're still kind of going, okay, um, we've got to impart this training. Yeah. Yeah. I used to pull them all into a training room or a training suite and deliver it by lecture. Yep. Uh, And, you know, sitting in rows and listening is yep. about the least effective yep. form of learning yep. that anyone has invented, yep. um, I'm now going to replicate that by instead of bringing them all into one room, having them in, a, in their own room and still lecture to them. Yep. That's just not going to work no. very well. No, it's not, is it? I, I saw that uh, research
0: I think you're referring to about lectures being the least yep. uh, applied um, only this week. Um, uh, but I love what you painted out there, which is at the point of need which I think is obviously something we need to think about as we get more mature because we recognise we have a gap in knowledge and yep. we don't know how yep. to do it and we don't feel confident. It does feel like you want to kind of, you know, call in the crowd and, and perhaps get some wisdom,
1: yeah? Yes, and I think in in organisational development terms, mm. you know, I've got a friend, Kat Keeley who thinks about this a lot. Mm. And... I, I'm a fan of, of sort of reverse mentoring yeah. and leaders of organisations coming to the most junior people yeah, yeah. to help them yeah. perhaps learn some new digital skills yeah. and learn about that world, yeah. but also um, give some fresh perspective. Yeah. You know, if I want the most imaginative answers to questions, yeah. I tend to go to young people yeah, and ask them. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then I, I'll get a yeah. diversity, but sure. there'll be things there that go, oh, wow, yeah. I'd not thought about things in that way. Yeah. And as we... As a lot of organizations move to a flatter yep. structure, yep. that's a recognition that leaders need to get closer to yep. the, the people who are yep. closest to the customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the technology allows us to totally, capture yeah. sentiment better mm-hmm. to create that dialogue. And as mm-hmm. long as the ego at the top yep. is sufficiently under control to listen to the crowd, mm. then you can create something really powerful. Mm.
0: It does feel like the um distance and time between spotting a problem and learning your way to the solution has been compressed somewhat. Mm. The demands are a such. And uh, and I guess
1: that's a world we're not preparing people for either, are we? No. And there is um there are some dangers attached to that. Yeah. Yeah, there are dangers in um Solutionizing too quickly, yeah, and not reflecting. Yeah, you know, I'm a yeah. fan in news terms of tortoise media, oh, which I like is that. deliberately yeah. slow, slow, yeah, I love it, and investigative yeah. and taking time to try and analyze things. Yeah, and and moving away from the twenty four seven pace yeah, yeah, of yeah. of news. Yeah. And you could argue the same in the corporate yeah. setting. You could argue yeah. that. Yeah, we've got to be agile and we've got to react cool. quickly when we see something that is a, is a significant yeah. problem. Yeah. But be careful not to overreact yeah. and oversteer. Yeah. We've still got a strategy. Mm-hmm. We've still got yeah. our mission yeah. to deliver and don't let events, dear boy, <sighs> move mm. us too far away from where we're going. Um, have a That's deliberative streak as well as a, an agile one and it's almost like we've had short
0: termism for quite some time and it's maybe even now gone from quarterly to monthly kind of earnings and budget yeah. cycles and so on. uh so i like i like the little sort of caution you're putting in there which is for everything you know uh, it sort of makes us think we have to be like that for everything but actually the the approach you're you're talking about being very much more contemplative and deliberate.
1: yeah and i i, I borrow that a little bit from my experience in politics yeah. where um it's easy it's really easy yeah, to to just react to just react yeah. to headlines to react yeah. to the daily Yeah and mail yeah 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 um and it, really successful politics really successful policy yeah uh takes some yeah. years yeah to properly deliver yeah. and it takes determination yeah and it takes an ability to go well actually that's just noise mm-hmm. yeah but being smart enough to understand when something is bigger than noise mm-hmm. and is a real thing, and and that's a, a constant. Yeah. That's that's political skill.
0: Yeah, and it does feel like we've got used to short-term hedonistic gratification, mm. and I'm guessing just to sort of zoom back into your bill and the digital safety um, area there, that has to be a kind of mitigating factor as well because there are sort of chemical reactions that that technology is invoking, right?
1: Yeah, totally. And um, we need to understand that Mm. endorphin thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's opportunities attached to that, frankly. You know, I, I recently hosted a dinner for the founder of Geolingo. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, you know, that's a hugely successful yeah. learning tool. Yeah. It's a hugely successful business. Yeah. It's doing some interesting things. But Louis um, was was kind of saying, you know, their biggest competitor actually is not another learning platform. It's TikTok uh, and it's Insta and it's it's the attention span shortening. Yeah, right. and and the reason why you know and and, and some of that yeah. endorphin stuff and. Yeah. Uh, is all part of that yeah. issue. But what Geolingo have done, I think, reasonably successfully, is they've thought quite seriously about how you gamify learning. Yeah. Now, it's not going to work for everything. We need comp- contemplative learning yeah. as well as, yeah. you know, I think it's two minutes is yeah. the the, is the time of a Geolingo yeah. lesson. Yeah. Um, there are some things you can learn quickly in short, sharp shocks. Yeah, uh, Gamified, yeah. that keeps you engaged. Keeps mm. you keeps the momentum mm. going. We could do mm. it with more gamification in mm. some of our uh, learning, mm-hmm. both in the workplace and in in, in, in and education. Yep. Yep. Uh, but also open up curiosity. Yeah, and curiosity, I think, yeah. needs time. It needs oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for people to go. Oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Well, but what about you know, what about that? So, yeah, I might yeah. be the other day been thinking about. Oh, so. By 2025, no more gas boilers in new build. There isn't a date for gas boilers being obsolete in our homes. But what happens when they are? What's going to happen to all that? gas piping and yeah. have we thought about the skills we need to take them all out and yeah, you yeah, sort of yeah. go off on a thought yeah, experiment yeah. Uh, uh, around retrofit of energy and you yeah. know, retrofitting internal combustion engine cars yeah. with motors and batteries and another yeah, thing I've yeah, been yeah. Yeah, mulling on with friends and that needs just needs time yeah. and conversation yeah. It's not yeah. something you're going to do no. in a gamified environment. No, not at all. And and you know those
0: may not be directly impacting on you, but but your mind wants to go there, right? Yeah. And I think there's something about that that um, I've seen in another education model that I'm I don't I'm pretty sure you've come across Ricardo Semler who set up Semco yeah. has a schools uh, venture in Brazil called Lumaire, which I think yeah. is also over here. Have yeah, you come right. across
1: that? I have. Yeah. yeah,
0: they're in Bath and that's Kent, right. I think yeah. That's that's right. And it's built around a mosaic, isn't it, mm. of categories to learn. Yeah. And children almost follow their interest to what they want to learn. They're likely to be learning with children that are older than, than them as well.
1: Yeah, and there's, a, I think it's really interesting. And, and you can do that in the online environment as well yeah. as in the face-to-face environment. Yeah. I'm advising a, a friend in Berlin. Yeah. Uh, there have been a school is a global school for for primary school kids that, yeah. that follows that sort of a model. Yeah. Equally, there's a great face-to-face re- you know, for school yeah. in uh, in Devon called Sandys, which is a private yes, school. Yes, I've heard of that. And um, yeah. their ethos is democracy, mm-hmm. uh, and so you don't have to do as a child. Mm-hmm. You don't have to follow the timetable. Mm-hmm. You don't have to learn anything if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But they quickly learn. Yeah, sure. That's really boring if they don't. Yeah, exactly. And that if they want to mm. progress mm-hmm. in life, mm-hmm. they actually have to get some qualifications mm. and they have to cover the broad mm. spread of qualifications. Mm. And they find their motivation yeah. in a different way yeah. and they learn when they're ready. Mm. And they, it's a sort of stage, not age model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's super interesting is probably yeah. not going to work for everyone no no but it's as an option yeah but it's yeah. really interesting that you can yeah. in certain circumstances you and generally you can trust children more
0: yeah
1: yeah. You know, if if we had a systems that trusted children and trusted yeah. teachers a lot more than we do at the moment yeah, yeah. um it might sound like progressive hippie and mumbo jumbo but I think if we designed it right, you can do a lot with that.
0: Yeah. I think understanding the dynamics of choice and so on at an early age, which is not just about, you know, whatever tickles your fancy or whatever feels naughty or whatever it is, but but with a consequence and understanding that dynamic. I think there's nothing wrong with that coming in earlier. I um, I ran an event a few weeks ago and in it I asked about the future skills um, and what was reassuring was that what didn't come back was a whole predictable raft of more analytical here and the stuff that we've been talking about. It was all human skills like listening and empathy and compassion. And some guy stepped into the, the, the centre of that and said, uh, thinking like a 10-year-old,
1: he said. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a really lovely thought. And I think... Um. Yeah, ten-year-olds. Stereotypically, yeah, would be much more open, yeah, to ideas, less cynical, yeah, less judgmental, yeah. Um, probably have slightly less baggage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's a beautiful age. Yeah. And yeah. If we hung on to that, it'd be nice. Uh, it? it would be a lovely thing. Mm.
0: I guess just enough formed aspects to discern very randomness and deliberate intention and thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just found that really interesting as a concept to displace some of the adult conditioning that happens.
1: Yeah, the great Sir Ken Robinson, who sadly died a couple of years ago, um, he talked about how as children get older... We end up only educating them from the neck up, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's that. It goes back to that obsession with the academic and yeah. and the obsession with
0: yeah. knowledge, yeah.
1: Um, and not thinking about the whole child, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I've got a passion now about sustainability and education. Yeah. And you know, there's a phrase from the sustainability movement, yeah. Uh, uh, and I tried to take a private members' bill through Parliament last year right. to add a third aim into the national curriculum: to okay. to care for oneself, but to instill an, an ethos and an ability to care for oneself, to care for others, and to care for the natural environment for nice. present and future generations. And it's nice. a phrase I, I used okay. earlier on in this podcast yeah. uh, in a shorter form, but I keep yeah. coming back to it because I yeah. think if we had a system that was designed yeah. first and foremost around that,
0: yeah.
1: so you know, if if the system Taught us to care for ourselves. So we learn how to care for ourselves mentally, physically, um, to be able to sustain ourselves economically. Yeah. But alongside that, care for each other. Yeah. Uh, So building that empathy, building that ability to work together um, and the natural environment because it's at a crisis point. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I know. I know.
0: It does feel like it's the the code that should not only guide education, but but people throughout their life into work and, mm. and so on. So I was once asked to... Well, I wasn't asked. I kind of wanted to write what 2050 could be like from a careers point of view. And the best I could do is a whole raft of us would be involved in some form of planetary regeneration by then. Yeah. Because,
1: you know, we're heading in the wrong direction, aren't we, with temperatures and everything? Yeah, and I, I, I could get quite excited about that. I, you know, I sat mm. where I live in Crofton Park in Lewisham mm. uh, outside a cafe with a guy i just met called Harry mm. who's an architect who specialises in retrofitting oh, right. um, schools but um, yeah. also thinks quite a lot about households and mm. there's lots of work to be had around mm. around you know, it, it might sound boring but around insulation about what we do with our windows, what we do in stripping stuff out and putting new stuff in. Um, uh, There's lots to be done, as I mentioned, touched on earlier, with transport. and Mm. um, Mm. You know, if rather Mm. than buying what the motor industry wants and thinking about, well, how could we Mm -hmm. have more electric cars built in this country, what if this country became the place Mm -hmm. for the retrofit of Mm. electric into Mm. petrol and diesel cars? Yeah they're all you know rather than just scrapping them yeah we've got really good comfortable yeah. metal shells yeah that we can take complicated engineering out and put simple engineering yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. and if we led the world on that with some yeah. standardized battery types etc yeah you know, there's a yeah, whole bunch of things yeah. you can do with that you start to there's a whole bunch of things about restoring the habitat about yeah. uh food yeah yeah you know, food manufacturing is one of our biggest employers mm-hmm. but it's geared around An unsustainable model and there are other ways that we can grow and and generate food that should become more attractive we've got a possibility of a new geography in a post-industrial world where instead of it being an urban-led system we can choose the quality of life of living in more sparsely populated areas and still being able to work well if we've got the connectivity that works and then Li- being able to spend more time with our families and yeah. our kids, and yeah, yeah. let's just imagine yeah. the future that we want yeah. and go there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um,
0: I, I had lots of very nice images flash into my mind <laughs> there. And um, I think there is something about um, setting an agenda that people kind of go, hell yes. And I mean, that's what that sounds like. And we know that technology is going to get us there. And we are still somewhat laboured by the fact that technology is also interfering. So we've got to get that balance right. So more yeah. power to the bill um, that you've got going through, and more of the thoughts on where we can adapt and pivot education, and 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 what parents can
1: rely on it for, and and, and accentuate and community. Yeah, and where and where we need to in- intervene yeah, for those yeah. that. Yeah, we saw in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of families were space poor. Yeah. They were digitally yeah. poor, their kids yeah. have been massively disadvantaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've we've also got to make sure we don't fall into the trap of yeah. designing for you exactly. know, relatively affluent privileged middle class exactly. people. But it's designed so that yeah. we can create a mm. credible future so that yeah. every community, wherever they are, knows what their community is for
0: yeah.
1: in an, in the, the post-industrial yeah. digital economy, yeah. in the green economy.
0: Yeah.
1: And can find its expression and find yeah. a future.
0: Yeah, exactly that. All sounds like uh, a bit of systems thinking uh,
1: there. So. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty blooming urgent. Exactly. Um, you know, the, the COP that's just been had Yep. Um, had some advances around mm. finance, but yeah, it uh, didn't really have any advance around carbon. Mm. Uh, and I think it's ultimately that we've got still got a gap in our thinking about what, the economy
0: yeah
1: and what business within the economy mm-hmm. is going to do yeah. if it's not going to do yeah uh consumption of yeah. resources and the consumption of people yeah, yeah, yeah. in order to create value exactly. and that what does that sustainable economic mm. theory really look mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and i think we've urgently got to answer that mm-hmm. in a way that makes sense for people yeah and and I'm seeing some of those fractures in the system
0: as giving us the opportunity. And I am also picking up that a lot of people I talk to in a number of different sectors are kind of coming together to go, there's a role here for the world of work mm. to do something more active, to form coalitions with, and that includes politicians, educators, research, academia, and so on. So I'm feeling and I'm hearing it more. Yep. I guess what I'm really hoping for is that, perhaps in our next conversation we can go and here's an example and here's an example and here's some evidence and here's some evidence because we need absolutely. more of that don't we
1: absolutely and that um if that can also extend into the investment world yeah yeah, yeah. um ultimately my worry on the business side of yeah. life yeah. is if private equity if yeah. venture capital etc yeah are still chasing after the same sort yeah. of metrics yeah Um, and they're just judging things on the basis of the measurable performance of money rather than some of the other measurables around the well-being and the sustainability of people, then we've got problems. and And again, I fall into sounding like, some kind of progressive hippie and but maybe it's time for some progressive hippie thinking
0: yeah i think so too so the word i'm going to sort of outro with is the sense of prosperity rather than profit and i think you used that before we went on air and i tagged it instantly because i think that's what we need to be thinking about how do we make people society the planet our education system our health system more of a prosperous yeah activity uh, and the profit thing uh, we'll just kind of work out what's enough on that one I think.
1: yeah well uh, you, you know
0: yeah
1: if you've got too much money yeah then you turn into elon musk and we don't want that no. <laughs> um what we want are people who are enjoying life yeah. they're enjoying their human yeah interaction with each other yeah. and with nature and yeah. with technology yeah because it's making them feel better
0: Yeah, maybe somebody should give us forty-four billion, and we'll show you what to do with it. We'll do that. Deal, shall we? Well, uh, Lord Jim Knight, uh, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, we could have gone all over the place, and we did, and we brought it back (laughs) to I think what matters is uh, the impact you have uh, and uh, what you're building for people to follow you on. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank Thank you.